Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from Sludge Central and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. So, Matt, I'm sitting here at my desk, and I have my hands in just gobs of goo. Another night at home for you, Jay. <laughs> this, this, this is an average evening. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I tell you this because it relates to what we're doing here on the Purple Stuff podcast tonight. A show that is many years in the making. We have talked about doing this subject for so long. I can't believe the night is finally upon us, Jay. How can we call ourselves the purple stuff podcast and not do a show dedicated to slime slime me it's the official purple stuff podcast slime show (laughs) yes (laughs) long time coming like you said we are both huge fans of slime it's come up very often in the show in fact that was the tricky thing about tonight's episode is that we had to avoid so many things that we've already talked about Yeah, stuff we've already talked about and things that are just so obvious. It's like, I could see this stuff anywhere. I could listen to it. So we kind of wanted to bring our own oddball choices tonight. Right. I'll admit that one of my things is really obvious, and I probably brought it up before, but I think everything else for me and all four of the things from you, unexpected. So real quick, any personal history with slime? Well, Jay, Slime and I go way back. Where does it start, really? I would say vending machine capsules. Yeah. The 25-cent little gobs of goo that you would get, and they would just shove it right into the capsule. That was probably my first big rendezvous with With slime. slime. Yeah. I'm sure I got those as well. But I think, of course, some of the best were from toys of the era, which we'll get into tonight. So who's going to kick things off, Matt? I defer to you on this one. It sounded like you were eating. I was drinking water. Mm. I was parched. <laughs> All right, I'll kick things off here tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast. Number one. can't have a slime show here without talking about the real Ghostbusters. So I'm kicking things off with the real Ghostbusters episode, Adventures in Slime and Space. You told me you were going to bring this up. And when I went back to watch it, the memories came flooding back. This was at least one of my favorite episodes as a kid. Uh, It was so much fun. And the reason why I bring this one up specifically, 
Slimer winds up sliming the entire city of New York, and it's just fantastic. But before we get into the episode, I just want to mention that I really feel like the real Ghostbusters is important. It doesn't get enough credit because it did give us Ghostbusters between the first movie and the second. Back then, we didn't know that there was going to be a sequel literally until the trailer hit. It wasn't like now where we got like a pipeline to all this inside info. Right, exactly. So this is September of 1987. It's season two of the show. Slimer finds himself going through one of Egon's latest inventions, the plasmic strainer, and multiplies into millions of Slimers that go around sliming New York City. Whoops. What? Oh, great. Now I'm going to have to housebreak them all over again. Help me round them up. Grab an ecto-slimer net. Right, so obviously Egon did not intend for the machine to do this particular trick, but Slimer went on in there, and that's what happened. The plasmic strainer, I think Kenner missed the boat on that. We could have had ourselves a plasmic strainer toy. It's true, but I mean, judging just by this one episode, I don't know if the plastic strainer ever made another appearance on the series. <laughs> Not exactly a helpful tool for the Ghostbusters. Come on, guys, we gotta get them before they get away! So the Ghostbusters are trying to catch all the Slimers with like a net. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it doesn't go well. Basically, whenever they hit into a Slimer, it just multiplies into even more Slimers. Right. So they can't really do anything. Maybe we can round up every last one of the little buggers before they slime the entire city. Sure. And maybe Howard the Duck will win the Republican nomination for the presidency. So ultimately, he becomes this giant blue version of Slimer who is terrorizing the city because he's real cranky. And they do a lot of King Kong references, which is just great. Then they reference themselves in the first movie. They say, give Egon a candy bar. They're talking about terror dogs and marshmallow men. Obviously, the cartoon is within the same canon as the movies, but this one really, really feels like it's tied to the first movie. One of the most important references was the part where they say Slime Square, which was uttered in Ghostbusters 2. So this was two years before Ghostbusters 2 came out. That's where the Ghostbusters 2 script writers got the idea. <laughs> All right, what are your thoughts on this episode overall, Matt? My main takeaway was that those little Slimers completely destroyed Manhattan. There were car wrecks everywhere. The entire city was covered in slime. People were slipping and sliding everywhere. Right. I mean, and this is literally all the Ghostbusters' fault, right? Like, there's not even a question of who did this or how it happened. It's squarely their fault. I mean, I thought about that, and I'm like, well, it's just slime, you know? Can't they just wait till it rains? There were several montages in this episode where we saw cars having head-on collisions because of the slipperiness <laughs> of the slime. Like, it, this, wow, havoc. <laughs> it was. It was complete hysteria. Ma'am, didn't I tell you this would be more entertaining than celebrity wrestling for dollars? Ah! But I do recommend it, especially for 
the prominence of slime in this episode. <laughs> Gotta be the slimiest episode of the season. I mean, literally yeah. every frame of it yeah. is covered in slime. Doused in slime. <laughs> One slimer is all we really need around here. Actually, one is more than enough. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. There's something creeping into your city. What? Who's it? Is it slime? Is it a blob? No, you'll eat it. It's nude saloons. Not a liquid, not a solid. The new squiggly snack so deliciously fruity. Kids scream for more. Awesome orange, berry and blue, cherry and strawberry. New fantastically fruity jaloons. It's in the gelatin and pudding line. So, Jay, when you and I were kids, juice boxes were still the end thing. But by the mid-90s, there was this little shift towards juice bottles. It made us feel more adult, I would say. Kool-Aid Bursts, Mondo, Squeeze It, these cheap plastic squeezy bottles are still around today. I know you're a big fan of those. (laughs) You always pack them for lunch. (laughs) Most of them were just copycatting each other, but there was just one that really stood apart from the pack. From 1994, let's talk about Jell-O's. Jell-O's. Great. You didn't drink this ever, right? Never. Yeah, I have to admit, same. Made by Betty Crocker, there were bottles of what was essentially edible slime. Like, if you could imagine a cross between juice and jello, this is what it was. Right. Um, do you know those snack packs that... Sorry, I, I'm just obscene with the water bottle tonight, Jay. I apologize. <laughs> you know those snack pack cups, like the non-refrigerated jello that you see in the supermarket? It's like if you ran that through a blender and stuck it in a bottle. That is basically what Jell-O's was. I do remember people I knew at the time having younger siblings that were into these. And I just remember the bottles at the bottom still being stuck with a lot of the jello-y goo at the bottom because you couldn't really get all the stuff out of it. No, it was basically candy gel. They might have marketed it sort of similar to like a Kool-Aid burst or whatever, but this was candy. Yeah. Only around for a few years. I don't even think it made it past 1995. But it totally achieved cult status because if you drank something like this, of course, you're never going to forget it. And you're probably going to talk about it online for the rest of your life. You've dedicated a, probably a bigger portion of your life to Jalous than most people even think about it in their entire lifetime. And I've never actually drank it. So imagine <laughs> what it's like if you experienced it. And I've looked up Reddit posts and whatnot from people who did drink it. And I can't say that they speak of it with reverence, but it's with pitch perfect clarity. Like they have never forgotten that moment. That commercial was great because they posed it as if it was like the blob taking over the town and now you're going to drink it. Betty Crocker's Jalous, an odd first pick for me. I <laughs> no, admit, I, Jay. I, I think it's a great pick and I'm glad you brought it up because I may have gone my whole life without thinking about Jalous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the good news is you can spend the rest of your life never thinking about it again. (laughs) 
Number three. They are the most monstrous and gross. If you love slime, then it's about time for oozers. It's slime time. Oozers. Oozing with fun, try squeezing one. They're oozers. Monstrous slime. Each sold separately. Back in 1991, Matt, there were action figures called Oozers, and they were kind of based off the Universal Monsters. And when you squeeze their stomach, all this goo would squeeze out of their eyeballs. Do you remember these? Well, I think these were like maybe UK only, so I don't know if they were ever sold in the States. Yeah, I've read Canada also. Canada gets all the good shit, man. I'm telling you, there's no way they were in the States, because if they were, I would have been all over these. They're so cool. They're so cool, and they have a great look, fun names, which we'll get into, and awesome art on the packaging, which always gets me. And a commercial that says, ooh, ooh, oozers. So that commercial, (laughs) I watched it pop up on social media for a year or two, Mm -hmm. and I always thought it was a parody. It's so crazy that you just don't think it's real. It really does have the quality that it could be some like late night, like adult swim parody commercial or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're almost like a cross between action figures and like mad scientist toys. You were considering bringing up mad scientists too. I was, yeah. So it kind of like satisfies both. But these are fantastic. Each one comes with a tube of glow-in-the-dark ooze And they tell you on the back how to work the figure. So you unscrew the top and then the legs come apart and you put the goo in the chest cavity. And they actually refer to it as chest cavity. What else are you going to call it? (laughs) I mean, that's what I would call it. Yeah. And you just kind of screw it back on and then you could ooze away. But the characters' names are great. They have Bonesy, which is almost like a Crypt Keeper looking guy. Very classic Grim Reaper. I love Bonesy, just for the record. They got Brain Drain, who kind of looks like the Invisible Man, Drac Baby. And Drac Baby is Dracula. The way I'm getting the impression, it's like, you know those in the 80s, the Hollywood agents who were real powerful and they answer their giant (laughs) cell phone saying, Matt Baby, you know, that kind of like real big. (laughs) He does look like that. Yeah. I have the picture of him right here. (laughs) And they have. Ghoulie the Gully, which is like Jason, almost like he's like a barbarian Jason or something. It's like Jason if he was on the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. He's got like shredded jeans and uh, I don't know, he's barefoot. That's a figure I want. These are like three or four hundred bucks, even just loose. That's how rare they are. It's hard to even find photos of them, but they did exist. And the way they oozed out the slime wasn't like it was dripping out. It was like you popped a cyst. Really, really like, wow. It really was like that. It was so. They really went for it with these toys. I want to read the history of the 1991 Oozers Compendium. I'm talking 800 pages, pictorials. I want it all. I want everything about this. I am just sitting here just dreaming about an Oozer's coffee table book with the specifications that you're laying out here. Yes. And oh my God. I want it next Christmas. It would be the finest piece of literature ever printed. Come on, Irwin Toys. Oozer's. 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 
squeezing with fun. Try squeezing one. They're hooters. Monster style. Each sword separate. Number four. Now, Hordak reveals the most gruesome trap ever. The Horde Slime Pit. The what? The Slime Pit. Now, Spike, you're my slave. Not the slime. Yes, my slime will overpower you. I've been slime. No one escapes the evil Horde Slime Pit. Yes. The evil Horde Slime Pit. From the Masters of the Universe. You put it together. Action figures each sold separately from Mattel. This is one pick for me that I know we've talked about before, but Jay, it is the Slime Show. We have to talk about the Masters of the Universe Slime Pits. Of course we have to. 1985, one of my favorite childhood toys, probably my favorite He-Man toy. I'm ready to put that down. Where would it rate for you? I love the slime aspect of it. I don't know if I would put it top five playsets. That's crazy talk. That's, you absolutely would. You, you're just kidding yourself right now. Top three, at least. It was uh, pretty simple when you looked at it. It just was like a dinosaur-themed gothic throne, but that throne was actually a torture device that let Hordak pour slime over his victims. It day. was so cool. The playtime opportunities there, and naturally the whole thing came with a can of Masters of the Universe slime. Like, they had their own official slime brand. Right. Still use the slime logo that Mattel was using years before that. Back into the 70s, because slime, you know, forget Nickelodeon, like, slime was Mattel's thing right. first. Mm -hmm. Yuck! The Slime Monster game comes complete with slime compound, new from Mattel. They made a whole brand out of that Masters of the Universe slime. You remember the instructions? They basically treated it like it was a living creature. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like getting your own little like pet slime that you had to take care of. So it wasn't just like, you know, slime from a vending machine. You got your own little friends. Yeah, this had a mind of its own. So the slime pit itself, it wasn't just that you were gooping these people. Mm -hmm. When you gooped them, they became Hordak's mindless zombie slaves. Right. So the slime was this hypnotic, magical goo. Right. So like when you're on your bedroom floor and you're playing with your He-Man figures, you could pour the slime on man-at-arms and you just pretend he's like this zombie monster trying to kill He-Man. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, welcome to the slime pit, She-Ra. As you noticed, the slime makes you very weak. Too weak to escape. The ceremonial monument you were talking about with this dinosaur skull. Unbelievable. You know, when you have a giant dinosaur skull that's pouring slime, this neon green slime out of it, you don't need to sell me on the slime pit. I just feel like, for me, the reason why it was limited, I could never use the slime in the playset because I didn't want to get any of the figures dirty. Ish. <laughs> I can't believe what I just heard. <laughs> what the fuck? So you had the slime pit and you didn't use it because yeah, you didn't want to well, get the slime that it came with on rubber action figures? <laughs> I love taking the slime out of the canister. I would sometimes toy with applying it to one of the figures just to see what would happen. 
And I'm like, nah, I don't want my He-Man to be all gooey after that, you know? I didn't want these figures to be gross. I wanted to keep these forever. Wait, you want me to purposely muck up my action figures that I'm completely obsessed with, right? But the effects were only temporary. <laughs> it wasn't like you were scratching them across concrete. I know. I mean, I wish I could go back in time and just say, just have fun. Just enjoy. Listen, I'm in retrospect, this shouldn't be surprising to me, given that you have literal, to this day, you have photo albums and binders full of action figure packaging and file cards and proofs of purchases and all that shit. <laughs> So, of course, you're going to be a little hesitant to <laughs> dip He-Man in the goo. <laughs> you said it might not even crack, like, your top ten? Well, I gotta say, if we're just talking playsets, man, I, you already knocked two out with Snake Mountain and Castle Grayskull. So, I mean, that's two right there. We got Fright Zone. I might even say Crystal Castle. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that, that's um, technically another toy line, but sure. Yeah, but it's you know not. It's still the same universe. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's its own dedicated <laughs> aisle. It's not packaged in the store with the He-Man toys, but sure. You want to knock my slime pit down the list a little further? Well, start cheating. I love the slime pit. I'm glad we came to an agreement tonight, and that is that the slime pit is the best toy Mattel has ever put out for any line ever. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Slime alert, slime alert, slime Attention, alert. the slime pits are overflowing and slime is erupting all over the universe. I love slime. It's faceless, mindless, spineless, and now it's free. It's free. Free when you buy any two Masters of the Universe figures. Get a free can of slime at participating stores until May 31st. Or until slime supplies run out. Slime, a free gift from Hordak. Will you get it before it gets you? Number five. <laughs> what do you call the new water and ooze blastinusinator? Oh, yeah! Blah! And of course, awesome. the new oozinator blaster from Super Soaker. Make your puppet required. We feel salt separate. Matt, I'm going to reach into my holster on my right side and grab the Oozinator. This is a Super Soaker from 2006 that looked like some sort of reptilian H.R. Geiger looking water gun, but it shot slime and water. So it did double duty. Well, I mean, the water you can just put aside. The gimmick here is that you're literally spraying people with slime. Yeah, you're spraying people with slime, and this is notorious for the ad campaign, which included a commercial which was just completely ridiculous, where these kids are shooting each other with this thing. But it has a lot of, how would you say, <sighs> suggestive influences. Usually when we get to a subject like this, I'm preaching caution to you. We don't want to say anything too out of bounds. But if you look up the Usinator, yeah. every single reference to it, whether it's from some person <laughs> posting on Twitter to freaking CNN, is talking about how obscene this toy is. Oh, yeah! I take it for what it is, and I just think it's cool that it looks almost like it's alive or some sort of creature. The directions are basically like, sneak up on your friends and shoot them with goo. <laughs> Which is, I mean, all right, you can't just run around spraying people with slime. Exactly. 
I'm sure it was non-toxic. I'm sure it was non-staining, but it was still messy slime. Yes. And they're calling it globs of gooey bio ooze. So then you think, oh, I want to shoot this everywhere because it makes you feel like you're doing something that you shouldn't do. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think this thing was discontinued soon after. Once you see the commercial, it's so comical. Even at the time, I remember this commercial. It was so ridiculous. We talked about the commercial before. This is even more of a parody of itself, but it was real. I was going to say, you had brought up, you know, an adult swim skit. You cannot believe that this isn't one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was on like regular television. You're like, is this a real thing? This seems ridiculous. The way the kids are like, they're either so grossed out by getting shot with this thing yeah. or loving it completely. Well, I mean, the, I, I, I genuinely appreciate that you're, you're trying to show restraint. But the fact is, what this stuff sprays does not look right like it it (laughs) resembles something else yeah so it's just an obscene commercial an obscene concept that you cannot believe was ever approved to begin with (laughs) i know okay part two in our coffee table book series is the oozinator because i would love to hear more about this (laughs) how the fuck did this happen right exactly like there how has there never at least been like a mental floss oral history on the oozinator I got to say, these super soakers at the time were always very elaborate. And this one was no different. It had that pump thing, and that made it even more ridiculous. Like, you put the pump thing on it, really? Yeah, so when you say ridiculous, what you mean is uh, upsetting. Like, it, 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 the whole... God, I, I don't know what to say here. The fucking gun resembled, like, sort of like an alien's junk. Yeah. And then you're like, you're pumping it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a problem on a lot of fronts. Yeah, definitely the front. (laughs) This is 2006, so we're all very online. Like, there is social media at the time. It was immediate. I remember when the Oozinator commercial started airing, the response was swift. That was back when people didn't know what genitals looked like. No. (laughs) For years. Yeah. People assumed the Oozinator. Super Soaker. Number six. Welcome to Slime City, home to the derelicts of society. I need some money. And land of murdering, melting monsters. With an appetite for whores, bums, and junkies. When Alex moves into an apartment haunted by the occult, he is seduced by spirits and slowly becomes a hideous, slime-spattered demon. Alex, you're hurting me. No, I'm killing you. With a stomach for evil. Take a trip to Slime City for the most gruesome and disgusting climax you'll ever see. Oh, so this is a movie that I'd wanted to see for a long while now. And what better time, Jay? Let's talk about Slime City. Slime City, baby. 1988 film about a man who degenerates into a sort of like walking slime monster. Like he's disintegrating and he's got to murder people to stop it from killing him. It's a masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) It is 
It's not a masterpiece. It's something, though. Yeah. Shot in New York for $100,000. Just this gross-out gore fest. It's kind of like an honorary trauma film. It really is. Yeah, that's a good point. God. Oh, God. What is happening to me? You know, I don't really like gross-out stuff, so I don't know why the fuck I picked Slime City to cover tonight. <laughs> It was the wrong choice for you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's been a week. I'm still like, there are certain foods that I have not touched. <laughs> so I'm going to try you, to summarize. You haven't even touched your Jalous. The <laughs> <laughs> Jalous is pretty much all I would be able yeah. to eat right now. I'm going to try to summarize this. You got this young guy who moves into a cheap apartment building, and every one of the people who live there, the other tenants, they're weird. There's this like creepy old lady. There's a punk rocker. And there's the hot goth who dresses like Lita Ford. Is that your girlfriend I saw you with earlier? Probably. She looks like a nice girl. She is. Too bad. There's a lot to dissect here. Right. So just cutting to the chase, it turns out that those tenants are all possessed by the souls of a long dead cult. <laughs> and I guess they want the main character to become the, their leader reborn. Right. So they have to turn him into a slime monster, apparently. Alex, wait. Why? So that a Satanist who's been dead for 30 years can take over my body while I fuck you? No, thanks. You did a good job of trying to tie that all together. It was difficult. It was not easy. I mean, that's a really truncated version of the plot, but Jesus Christ, Jay, this movie. So I'll just tell you that I had watched this in preparation thinking it was going to be one of my picks. And then I'm like, I just don't know if we could even venture into this. We need two and a half episodes to <laughs> go into all this. But yeah, it is so wacky. One of the important things that we really should discuss is when she is chopping her boyfriend's head off. Stop it, Laurie. Stop the pain. I can't. Do it for God's sake. You're referring to the last scene. It basically came off like they wanted to shoot the last five minutes of this movie did that and then just sort of tacked on everything else yeah because it gets so out of control it's so disgusting you kind of do get paid off because the good stuff the interesting stuff starts happening towards the end of the movie so they really waited for the main event (laughs) right i mean there are definitely moments peppered throughout like there are some pretty gross slime scenes that's sort of all over the place yeah there are some gore scenes But when they go for it in the end, it's like another movie. It doesn't even feel like it's the same movie anymore. Time to die. Time to die. But Jay, I mean, come on. That's so gross. That scene is disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. There was uh, a brain that was kind of moving around the floor. (laughs) Yeah, I guess like his possessed brain had gained mobility So after his body's destroyed, this brain just starts crawling around. It was out of control, this movie. I'm in a tight spot because usually when we're bringing up movies like this, it's to recommend them. And I don't know that I like if you don't already know Slime City, you're probably not the type of person who would 
sit through it. There's so much I don't understand about it still after watching it multiple times now. And I don't know. It's so weird because it's like it feels like it almost over explains itself, but those explanations just don't make any sense. I know. It's like there are parts where you have people like literally just standing on screen telling you in detail what their plan is. And then when they're done, I'm just looking at this movie like, but that plan doesn't make any sense. Our work is nearly finished now. That's what you think, you old witch. You can't resist the elixir. No, watch me. Go ahead, run. Your time is almost up. If you had a friend who was really deep into horror, would you say, hey, maybe you want to watch this? People are going to say, after they listen to this, they're going to say, oh, I'm going to give this a shot. And then they're going to share their opinion. But it's not something that they're very compelled to do. Like, I can't wait to watch Slime City. It's just not, <laughs> that's not it. It's, it's, it's an activity more than it is like a pleasure cruise. <laughs> it's a to-do. <laughs> yeah, I could see that because, I mean, well, I... I, I honestly hope that doesn't happen because unlike a lot of the other things that we bring up and recommend, there are people who would be very upset by this movie. It's not for everyone. Let's be real. There's a lot of really good practical effects in this movie. They're so over the top, but they're also pretty realistic in their own goofy way mm -hmm. that, yeah, it's a gross fucking movie, guys. Where it lacks in plot and actual <laughs> filmmaking it actually it, there's some great effects in it <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you though it really did remind me that whole vibe of late 80s early 90s movies set in new york that new york is just like it never even close to was in real life where you could just do this crazy fucking wackadoo shit and nobody would bother you entire apartment building could be filled with like a fucking cult and they're turning people into slime and they just no one cares <laughs> No, it's just going on. I know. I think there's a trend tonight because we talked about Adventures in Slime and Space, which was obviously in New York City. This was in Brooklyn. So uh, we've got a trend going tonight, Matt. Yes, and I appreciate the subtle save. I'm calling it Manhattan, and you're telling me it's Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for your, you should know. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunate for me, yeah. nobody gives a shit. <laughs> They've already fast-forwarded to your next section. <laughs> Number seven. We don't know where he came from. He just showed up one night. What is that thing? He's not an alien. What is he? We think he might be a ghost. Be serious. He wants to be friends with us. But he can't hear and he can't talk. He can read anything. He takes letters and he writes with them. We're the only ones who can see him. You have to promise never to tell anybody about Ghost Rider. Hey, cool. We're the Ghost Rider team. We check out clues and solve mysteries. 
to us. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. What a trip. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life, Matt, to talk about Ghost Rider on the Purple Stuff podcast. So this is Attack of the Slime Monster, an episode that aired in 1995 as part of season three of this PBS show. So this was my first experience with Ghost Rider, and all I can say is, wow. (laughs) So this was a show about a group of teens in New York City, in Brooklyn, again. Oh. And they are solving mysteries with the help of a ghost who can rearrange letters on the screens of things and just basically give you clues from the letters and the words that he's mixing around. Right, what's Ghost Rider doing? Just lighthearted, not really anything serious, but this episode specifically is really up our alley because it's a horror parody. Attack of the Slime Monster, the synopsis is Gooey Gus, who is basically like a kid's doll. Gotcha! Oh, what is that thing? It's Gooey Gus, the slime monster. If you picture a Stretch Screamers toy, it's basically that size, but it's got like this fucking deformed purple head it's like a purple belial (laughs) yes it is (laughs) with like a infant sized body but it's dressed fancy he dresses like a flamboyant biker from the 60s with an ascot and a fuchsia turtleneck i've seen slime monster commercials on tv but i never paid much attention to them he's pretty cool though i'm burning mad i'm steaming (laughs) mad You laughing at me? You laughing at me? Sorry. So the girl's telling her friend about who Gooey Gus is, and (laughs) it's so ridiculous, but it's amazing because on a kid's level, for an educational show, they're basically doing, like, this is Freddy Krueger, and here's his doll, that kind of thing. Strange things are beginning to happen at the Jenkins house. I'm burning mad. I'm steaming mad. Jamal, Jamal! What? What? What is it? It talked. Could it be alive? Ghost Rider, if I read this right, it was a PBS show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the children's television workshop that made this show, which we grew up hearing every day on Sesame Street. That's who made the show. (laughs) My God, they they really wanted to branch out this time. Slime, anyone? Ah! So basically, like, they're writing a horror story about gooey gus so they're taking this horrible looking toy and then making it much more horrible in their story i want to make it so scary that anyone who reads it gets goosebumps on their goosebumps yeah and after reading it they have to sleep with the lights on no they won't be able to sleep all the while they're using grammatic lessons to put the story over as well so like you're learning things in the meantime talk the story at night yeah. Nighttime's much scarier than daytime. Thanks, Ghost Rider. <laughs> They're teaching you creative writing in this episode. I'll be honest, it was at that point in the YouTube video where I changed it to 1.5 speeds. I'm like, oh, I right. was literally I mean, like, going to say. Not enough, I- because way too much lessons in creative writing. Two things. At the top of this segment, I was going to say there's no way you actually watch this whole friggin' thing. 
I know that you scanned through it to the gooey Gus parts. No, because I needed full gooey Gus context. And he also did kind of appear often. And it was a four fucking parter. So this is like an hour and 20 minutes if I watch it in real time. I would call this an epic or a, even a saga. And I mean, you talked about how you were like, okay, let me get through these English parts. I love it. I was an English major. This is the best. I've got to put in more suspense. Right. Make the reader worry about what's going to happen next. And we need more atmosphere. Let's put Jamal and Alex in a cave with cobwebs and spiders. Or a haunted house. They had some really good effects. There's one scene where Gooey Gus is in a boiling pot of rice and beans and his eyes are bulging and out of his head. It's oh incredible. By the way, are you trying not to spoil the ending? Because holy shit, that last seven, eight minutes when the gooey Gus character is now full size, he's like six feet tall. Oh yeah, he becomes full size. You laughing at me? That's right, I'm laughing at you, bubblehead. I'm burning mad. I'm steaming mad. Slime, anyone? Do you even remember this show, though, Max? I was going to say, when this show first came on, they did this whole big promotional push. They made a big deal about this when it first came out. PBS had the same problem with them that I have with the Disney Channel. There just weren't any fun commercials for cereal and toys. <laughs> so I had to take a pass on Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh. You know, I want more Gooey Gus now. He made such an impression on me that I ran to Etsy to see if anyone did any customs. Nope. I definitely want a figure, officially licensed though, by the Children's Television Workshop. Maybe Super 7 will do it for me. Super 7, SDCC, Gooey Gus exclusive. <laughs> no, let's do NYCC so I don't have to fly all the way across the country to get Super it. 7, NYCC, Gooey Gus exclusive. Um, excuse me, Mr. Slime Monster, sir. What do you want? I just want to point out that, that no one's laughing at you. I'm sure somebody's laughing somewhere. Now, why would somebody laugh? Just look at me. I'm all twisted and gooey and purple. I'm hideous. I don't think so. You really don't think I'm hideous? Really? Purple's my favorite color. It's not easy being purple. People call me all kinds of nasty names. Mr. Eggplant, Great Boy, and, and worst of all, they always confuse me with that doofy dinosaur. Oh, I feel so bad. That's okay, <laughs> Yeah, we're your friends. <laughs> Number eight. I'm 
I'm going way outside the box for this last pick, Jay. From Alma Leo in 1987, let's talk about Slime Slurps. Let's do it. You were a little apprehensive about this. Did you have no strong feelings for Slime Slurps as a kid? I'm not going to say I don't remember them because I kind of do, but I was not a huge fan of gummy candy whatsoever. So these weren't ones that I was like, oh, I need these. But I do remember them, and I remember kids having them. I can't believe you would start that by saying that you're just not a fan of gummy. Like, who isn't? Who who are you? (laughs) You love gummy candy. I love gummy candy. Slime Slurps was a brand of gummy candy shaped like bugs, frogs, assorted creepy creatures. They came individually wrapped in these, like, foil packages. That's another reason why I'm not into them, because they're no friends of mine, those creatures. You don't like bugs? No. You're right, because every time I try to pitch a bug show, you shoot me down so (laughs) fucking fast. (laughs) The bug show. Let's see how that goes over. (laughs) Jay, I got it. This is going to get us to the next level. (laughs) So these candies, how they lived up to their name was that they were not dry. It was basically like if you soaked a fruit snack in water Mm -hmm. and just left it there for a while and then ate it. It's kind of what you were getting with these. Right. I, I remember you describing them and it does ring a bell for me. Well, you know why it might ring a bell but not completely match? There actually was, at the same time, very similar candies for the real Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, yes. I remember them. They were exactly the same. It was the exact same company, same style packaging, same size. They were basically like two-inch gummy figures. Mm -hmm. But the Slime Slurps were the original, and God, Jay, ah, they were delicious. They were delicious. They were so freaking good. So not only you, but other people have said this, and everything you read... All over the internet is the same consensus that the flavor of these were just really, really good and probably one of the better tasting candies of the time. Kid like me, I was going to get the slime slurps just based on the novelty factor, but that's once. I got slime slurps many times after that, you know, long after the thrill of getting a fucking gummy bug had worn thin. (laughs) So these were just really good. And If you didn't get them often, it's probably because you didn't buy a whole lot of candy from the impulse section at KB Toys. That's where these were most often sold. That is where it was, yes. You're absolutely right. You remember, like, KB, they didn't really have stuff like Twix and Skittles, but they had a giant candy section of all, like, weird candy. You're absolutely right. They did. They have developed kind of a cult following. But the interesting thing, Jay, as you know... Mm-hmm. is that there is a modern-day analog. You were telling me about them, yes. Well, I did more than tell you about them. I actually got a box shipped directly to your door. <laughs> you got me the biggest box of creepy gummy candy from Vidal. Vidal. Uh, Vidal creepy gummy candy. Yeah, I had to send you an 18-pack box. This is a 500-pack, I think. I think there are a total of 72 individually packaged gummy candies in these. Now, Jay, when you look at these, there's no way Slime Slurps were not the direct influence to make these. Yeah. And I've had them before. I actually thought they were pretty faithful. It kind of depended on the batch you got. So I want you specifically to give them a whirl and tell me what you think. I opened up the box and, man instant whiff of like pure cherry sugar well so far that sounds good yeah 
you got this peel on the back. You peel it off, which I, I find, as long as they have the direction on where to peel it, I'm good. <laughs> I'm having some trouble peeling it myself, <laughs> but I think like, I just, just found it. Just give me the arrow, as long as I see the arrow. All right. Yeah, I think the peeling process off of the backing is yeah. fun. I just pulled the uh, red and black bug out. That's the one I picked. It's, oh, wow. Yeah, it's um, mm-mm, not bowled over by the flavor. Well, that makes one of us. I am <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> but it also doesn't have the water mixed with gummy candy. It's not like that. I can see that it's not quite as wet mm-hmm. as the original Slime Slurps and Slime Slurps comparable candies of the late 80s. Yeah. But for something you can get for like 18 bucks, they're pretty good. A pretty good replica of them, yeah. The whole peeling process is as much of what takes you back as the actual eating them. Yeah, it's all part of the show. You have to do an action to get to the candy. It's another to-do, like watching Slime City. (laughs) So, so, So you could peel your gummy scorpion and slurp it up while you're watching Slime City. Oh it's my god. A, a match made in heaven. I don't know how you're not rating the flavor higher. Have a okay. little more. <laughs> Try another bite. All right. So, what are you giving these? A 10? I mean, the flavor alone, it's different being real, it's like an 8, but it's totally eatable and it's good and the process makes you feel like you're eating slime slurps. So, fuck yeah, of a doll creepy gummy. Yes. I'm going to go 9. You went higher than me. <laughs> That's a surprise. I'm a pleasant surprise. Well, thanks for this box of 500 <laughs> creepy gummies. The question is, will you even keep them in the house or are they going straight in the trash tomorrow? <laughs> I'm going to sell them individually <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> Matt, we've been slimed, finally, our slime show here on the Purple Stuff Podcast. How do you feel? I feel very uh, uh, rejuvenated, very good for the skin, all the slime, Jay. Well, I'm glad you feel rejuvenated rather than under the influence of a major villain. (sighs) I'd follow Hordak anywhere. He doesn't have to slime me. (laughs) All right, let me go through your picks. Let's see what you had. You had quite a list of stuff. So you had the... Slime slurps, creepy creatures, uh, gummy candy, uh, creepy gummies. <laughs> the slime slurps <laughs> resurrected as with all creepy gummy candy. Yes, and then you had the slime pit, 1985, and the Betty Crocker Jaloos came in strawberry, orange, cherry, and berry blue. Obviously, blue was the way to go. They, you, I mean, if you're going to be weird anyway, you might as well go for the blue <laughs> might one. Might as well get the blue. Yeah. Exactly. And Slime City, which was an experience. 
I'm still, I don't know. I maybe, I'm weak when it comes to this kind of stuff, but I'm still like a little fucked up from that movie. <laughs> I'm you serious. have to go to counseling. Yeah, I, I know. I really, it got to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I am going to. I like that you picked Jalouz, but I'm dropping Jalouz, and I'm gonna drop. I know you love the slime slurps and the creepy gummies, but I'm going with the slime pit, of course. Yeah, I mean, if you picked anything else, people would just say, "Okay, this this whole thing is just this this it's whole this whole process that they do at the end of the show. Why even bother?" He's lying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so you have I to mean, pick the slime pit. Maybe not the most exciting thing, but you have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let me look at yours. And by the way, if I had to pick for mine, it'd be the same thing. <laughs> so I'm really glad I invested fifty bucks into dollar creepy gummy. <laughs> So, you brought up tonight the real Ghostbusters... Boy, what was this episode title again? Adventures in Slime and Space. An excellent freaking episode where Slimer gets vivisected into many other... That's a great word. I don't know if it was an accurate word, but I wanted to use it once in my life, Jay. <laughs> a whole city of little tiny Slimers wrecking everything. Just a citywide catastrophe. I loved this episode. You also brought up the Ghost Rider 18-parter, the <laughs> seven-hour Ghost Rider <laughs> mini-movie about Gooey Gus. Movie. <laughs> I think you said it came out in 95. Yeah. God. You look at Gooey Gus, you would think he was based on the Stretch Screamers toys, but this came out long before that. So it's like yeah. I think Gooey Gus had an influence on pop culture. I think so, too. It's just an underrated character. Oh, man. I, I, I love him. Yeah, me too. You also brought up the oozers from uh, some company, Irwin. Irwin. Seriously, one of the most badass toy lines I've ever seen. And it's just a shame that they're so freaking rare. Yeah. I would probably pay stupid money for one of these. But I can't afford the amount of stupid it would take to actually procure one. Yeah, it would be like $1,200 just to get the whole loose collection. And imagine it carded. And you kind of want it carded because the cards look so good. Oh, yeah. I bet you they probably go for a grand apiece. We'll meet in the middle. Let's just settle on the coffee table book. And then we can get all the card art laid out just magnificently in vivid color in front of us. Yeah, guys, if you have one takeaway from the show, any of you that work in publishing, just see what you could do to push this just through. Just do it. Yeah. You also brought up the Oozinator from 2006, the alien squirt gun that shot milky slime <laughs> at people and looked quite phallic on its own. So this was a, a problematic toy for a few reasons. And it also was very cool in its way. It was cool. It's not going to win tonight, though. So let's see. <laughs> I'm going to knock out that. I'm going to knock out real Ghostbusters. It is down to Gooey Gus and the Oozers. And man, if this was any other show, the Oozers would take it. But I can't put anything above Gooey Gus. That's what I'm saying. I knew it. Here's the best way to describe this episode. It's as if there was like lost media that was just found of a Goosebumps television movie from the 90s. Yeah, but you know what makes this cool? It's because it's this weird offshoot educational show that wasn't super mainstream. 
that's partially why it's so effective is that it's living in a space where it should not live. Like, it's crazy that this wild character is on Ghost Rider on PVS. What's that funny smell? So awesome. But I had a great time talking to you about slime tonight, Matt. And I myself was a little bit hesitant because, like you said, so close to you in many ways that you don't want to disrespect the goo or the slime. How could I discuss my religion on the show? Exactly. So I appreciate you taking this one because I know this was like sacred ground for you. Absolutely. It was a good time. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We want to remind you we are on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash purple stuff. Yes. And we have our monthly bonus shows, which are always fantastic. We have such a good time doing them and more to come. And we will be back real soon. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next slime. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.